Hello and welcome to There's Hope America and the preaching ministry of Dr. Richard Lee. On today's program, Dr. Lee brings a message entitled, The Power of the Name of Jesus. What is it about the name of Jesus? Have you ever wondered? Why is it that those that are just really bound to be politically correct are so afraid of the name of Jesus? Why is it that our school boards and our courtrooms and our classrooms and our universities and our graduating classes, they say, please, you cannot use the name of Jesus. Why is it? And oh, heaven forbid, a world stood and trembled at the fear of the inauguration of the President of the United States of America by a preacher using the name of Jesus. Why? Well, to understand, we've got to go back to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we understand the Old Testament is our schoolmaster. What does it mean when the Apostle Paul says the Old Testament is your schoolmaster? Well, we, you know, when we get over there in Leviticus and so Numbers and so forth, those are really not exciting books. How many of you think, well, I've got a little time this afternoon. I think I'll go home and read the book of Leviticus. Very few. But you see, what it does is it teaches us. It's our schoolmaster. And when we look back at the Old Testament, we learn things that bring light, they bring perspective, they bring understanding upon the New Testament. Related to the name of Jesus, which the New Testament uses over and over and over and over and over again, we must find out what's so important about it in the Old Testament. Let me share with you the common understanding of the Jews about the name of God. The name of God was so sacred that a Jew would not speak it. A Jewish person would not speak it. Seldom would they even write something related to the name of God. What they would use instead was the noun name. They would say a name. We worship the name. Why would they use that word name? Because of their respect for God himself. For the word name indicated all that related to God, his holiness, his power, his creative power, his vengeance, his wrath, his justice, his mercy, his grace, all that was a, a part of God to a Jewish individual was found in the name or the noun name. So when we go over to the Old Testament, we think about the, the word name you may say, well, it's Yahweh or Elohim or, or God or Almighty. You see, one thing we don't understand is that in the Old Testament, those Hebrew names, you ever worry about in a Sunday school class being called on to pronounce a Hebrew name? Don't worry about it. Nobody knows how they're pronounced anyway. You say, well, I see all these little diddles and everything over them and, and to help me with pronunciation. That's just how those who particularly translate the scriptures think they ought to be pronounced. But nobody knows those, those names anymore. They don't know how to pronounce those names. Any real, true Hebrew scholar will tell you that. So when we think about God, the Old Testament tells us that people revered him so much that they just used the word name. Now along comes Mary and Joseph giving birth to a child. That child was the Lord Jesus. And an angel appears and says, Thou shalt call his 
name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He gave him a name. The Bible said it's a name above all names. So now we do not say when we talk about our, our relationship with God, we don't say, you know, name. We say Jesus. When we talk about Jesus and we use the name of Jesus, it's the sum total. It represents the sum total of who he is, who he was, who he is today, and who he will be in the future. It is the fact that he was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died upon the cross for the sin of mankind upon his shoulders. He rose again after three days. He ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of God, the Father, making intercession for those who pray. And one day he returns in power and glory to rule and reign forever. See, that's simply put compact in the word, in the name Jesus. You go over there to Acts chapter 4. And the Pharisees looked upon Peter and John and said, these are unlearned men. These are ignorant men. But they're using the name of Jesus and people are following them. This can't be. So the Pharisees forbade them. Of course, they paid them no attention. But they forbade them for using the name of Jesus. Now, why would people follow them because they use the name of Jesus? Because the people of that time realized what the name of Jesus meant. It meant they believed. They had seen and heard all these events in Christ's uh, life, and they believed that he was the King of kings and Lord of lords. Now today, secular society may not understand that. You see, the people in Hollywood may mouth off the name of Jesus, or they may use the name of Jesus on the street in vain. You know, if I go somewhere and I hear somebody use Jesus' name in vain, you know what? I feel for them great pity. Why? Because I say, he said, I am the Lord thy God. He said, I will not hold those guiltless who use my name in vain. One day they'll stand before God for using his name in vain. Can you imagine a movie star, quote unquote, using God's name in vain and how many times it's repeated on those movies? My heart goes out to them and prays that they will come to repentance and God will have mercy upon them when they repent. See, God, we take God's name flippant today. But those who knew him in the Old Testament, those who knew Jesus in the New Testament would never take God's name flippantly. Oh, well, pastor, they don't understand. You know, uh, the ACLU doesn't understand. These people don't understand. Well, let me tell you this. The devil understands. Satan understands. And when we, as believers, use the name of Jesus, just utter the name of Jesus, we're making a physical and a spiritual proclamation for all the world to hear and all of hell to hear that we believe every single jot and tittle of the Word of God and what it says about our Redeemer and our Lord. That's what faith is about. So what happens when we use the name of Jesus? We make declarations. First of all, we declare that He's the Savior of the world. When we use His name, we declare He has the power to save. Listen to Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Neither is there any other name for there's no other name given unto heaven whereby men must be saved. John chapter 1, verse 11. He came to his own and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, though he gave them the right to become the children of God, those who believe upon his name. Why does he talk about his name every time? Because that's the sum total of who he is. We're saved by believing in the totality of Christ. 
all about Jesus. I've got a question for you. When you prayed the sinner's prayer and Christ came into your heart in your own mind and life, did you believe in the totality of Christ? Do you believe in that today? Listen to what the scripture says in John 3, 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten of God. Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God took the name of Jesus very seriously. And over and over and over and over again, when he talks about our being saved from sin, he used the name. Why? Because in God's understanding of the name, the name of Jesus represents the totality of who he was, who he is, and again, who he will be. And so when we call upon the name of Jesus to be saved, we call upon his totality. Somebody said, well, you know, I don't want to go to hell one day, so I'm afraid I'll just ask Jesus. Jesus, will you come into my heart and, and, and I give you my life and if I've done anything wrong, please forgive me. Please take it away. Amen. And you go out and live like you want to. You do not live a right life surrendered to him. He is not number one in your priority. You have not put him first like the first commandment. I don't know about your salvation. That's something I could not judge. But I want you to know if that were my life, I would be very, 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 very concerned about it. Why? Because if I believed in the totality of Christ, I would have to believe in this. If any man be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. If you are ashamed of me before me and I will be ashamed of you before the Father. On and on and on and on what the Lord told us to do. And those are not suggestions. Those are divine commands to his children who've yielded their all to him. So when we are saved, born again, converted, whatever you want to say about it, there's only one name that we can be converted under. It is not Buddha. It is not Muhammad. For they rot in their graves. It is Jesus because he is the only one. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the totality of it all. Secondly, when we use the name of Jesus, we declare our faith in his power to provide. Listen to John 15, 16. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now Paul went on to say, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Several years ago, I was asked to come and open Congress in prayer. That was very nice. And so, you know, you have to send your prayers ahead. Before they get to heaven, they got to get to Congress. <laughs> so I wrote my prayer and sent it to the speaker's office and they had some question about the end of it because it talked about Jesus. I said, well, do you want me to come or not? Can't pray without Jesus because this does no good. So I was there in the speakers of the house office. We were talking, you know, before we went out to, to, uh, to open in prayer. That beautiful office, which is the office of the Looney Tunes now, The deer in the headlights now. But anyway, I, uh, we had a wonderful time. 
Read it up. And, you want to see what I prayed? Go look it up. In the, you can do it on a computer, congressional record. But I couldn't pray any other name. There was no other name to pray for. I wasn't about to meet him mouth and say, from the God who loved me and redeemed me and blah, 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 blah. Chickens. <laughs> Divine chickens sent from heaven. One thing I like about Franklin Graham, Franklin's got the contestal fortitude to pray in Jesus' name. I love him for that. But anyway, getting back to this, we pray in Jesus' name because my name has no authority in heaven. Suppose I were to go into the, to the largest bank in Forsyth County and I were to sit down there and I'd take my pen, I'd write out a check for $100,000 and I'd give it to the, uh, have to go in the office, I'm sure, I'd give it to the, the, the representative there in the office. He'd take that check, he'd look at it, and he'd go on the computer in about five seconds, he'd say, sorry, pastor, you can't cash this check. You only got $50 in your account. You can't cash this check. And it turned me away. But suppose I went in there with one of your names or the name of the richest person in the county, his largest depositor. And it had paid to the order of Pastor Richard Lee. By the way, you R-I-C-H-A-R-D in case. <laughs> paid to the order, Richard Lee. And he signed it, and I went in there and I gave it to him. He may call the guy and verify, but he's not going to go look on the, the, the screen. He knows what the guy's got in his account. He's going to hand over that 100000 What's the difference? The difference is in the name. When I ask God, when I intercede for others, when I go before the throne of God and ask for the needs in my life and your lives and so forth, what good would it do if I were to try to impress him with my goodness? All of my goodness is nothing but a filthy rag. But oh, when I pull out of my heart and I pull out of my, my very being in the name of Jesus, all heaven just stands at attention. Why? It's because of what he has on deposit there. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus in the name of Jesus. There's provision in the name of Jesus. Then also, Jesus' name declares our faith and, and the power over evil and the evil one. I have no power over evil, but the name of Jesus does. Jesus sent out 70 disciples in the book of Luke chapter 10. He said, go out, spread the gospel and heal the sick. And they came back in. Listen to what it says in verse 17. As the 70 returned, said, then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to your name. Subject to your name. You remember the book of Mark, I believe it's chapter 5, where Jesus is in a boat going across the Sea of Galilee, the Lake of Gennesaret, and he has his disciples with him, Peter, John, his disciples. And he wants to land at the shore of the Gadarenes. Now the shore of the Gadarenes is on the other side of the lake from where we, we mostly go in when we go uh, to the Holy Land, but it's over there. And it's sort of a steep hillside. When you see it, it's rocky and it's steep and it just comes down to the water. You can actually see this place when you go to Israel. And so there was a man that lived over there who was possessed of demons. He was a wild man. And Jesus said, I think I want to go over to the shore of the Gadarenes. So they went over to the shore. And I can see Peter saying, you know, Jesus, could we just go a little bit this way? You know, we don't have to. No, I want to go there. 
John said, Jesus, you know, I'm the one that loves you. I love you so much. Please don't go to that show. No, I'm going there. So they pulled their little boat up to the, uh, the shore of the Gadarenes, and Peter and John step out with Jesus, as it were. And I can see that wild man as he is living among the rocks and the tombs. What he has done is every person that's ever tried to invade his territory, he's fighting them all. Long hair, foaming at the mouth, long beard, clothing, what's little that's left just hanging off him is filthy. And I can see him as he sees them who dare come to my shore. And he leaps out from the rock and he begins to run, begins to scream at them. And I can see old faithful Peter jump back in the boat. There's John saying, I love you, Jesus, I love you. But Jesus stood there. And the Bible said that man, as he approached Jesus, fell on his face because the demons within him recognized who Christ was. And he said, what do you have to do with me, Jesus? What do you have to do with me? And Jesus looked at him, having pity on the man. He said, who are you? And the demon within him said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Do not torment us before our time. And he said, the demon said, see the pigs upon the the field or the, the, the swine upon the hill. Cast us into the swine upon the hill before you torment us. And Jesus said, go. And they went into the pigs that were on the hillside and the pigs cast themselves into the water and were drowned. And the man stood and he was in his right mind and he went home to his family. How did those demons know Jesus? Let me say this. You think the devil doesn't know the Bible? He knows the Bible more than any of us know it. Remember when he was tempting Jesus? He said time and time again, he quoted scripture. But Jesus said also, it is written, it is written, it is written. The demons of hell fall before the face of Jesus. They're not afraid of me. They're not afraid of you. And so when Satan attacks my life, and he attacks my family, and he attacks the people that I love in the church, and I pray for them. I don't use my name. What demon would I be afraid of the name of Richard Lee? Not a one, not a one, but oh, they shiver and they fall before the precious name of Jesus. Let me share with you, church, the best thing you can do in your time when you come to the wall of life and you say, I cannot penetrate that wall. It is too high to see over my difficulty. It is too thick for me to burrow through. I cannot dig under it. What am I to do? Let me say this. Get alone with God. Fall on your face and simply repeat over and over again the majestic and wonderful name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I've seen it encourage the despondent heart. I've seen men and women who are tormented in depression and lowness just using the name of Jesus and the name of Jesus clears their thoughts and their minds and lifts their souls. Why? There is power, wonder-working power in the marvelous name of the Lord Jesus. He is our provision. Then also, lastly, we declare our faith in His power of protection. Listen to this in Proverbs. We go back to the Old Testament, Proverbs 18 and 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and there they are safe. 
The name of Jesus is our protection. You know, there's a marvelous scripture in the Bible. I think one of my favorite. I want to read it to you because this talks about not Jesus in the past, not Jesus even today, although it does in some measure, but it talks about the name of Jesus in the future. You see, people can say things about Christ. They can ridicule him. They can ignore his name. But one day, the Bible says, none will ignore his name. Listen to what the scripture says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. Who, speaking of Christ, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Now here comes the word, therefore. Remember what I have always taught you about the word in the Bible when you come to therefore? It is there for something. What is it there for something? It refers to what was before. Because Christ made himself humble before men, before he went to the cross, therefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, Every infidel, every atheist, every socialist, every communist, every God-hater, every enemy of the cross will bow down. And they before him will say, Jesus is the name above all names, for he is King of kings and Lord of lords. The name of Jesus. I encourage you, use the name of Jesus which has been given to you. Let no one put you down. Let no one stay you from using it, for you will summon all the power of heaven. You will shake the foundations of hell. And when you use it by faith, you will understand what it is to use the name above all names. Say it with me, Jesus. Say it again, Jesus. One last time, the name of Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you have all power in heaven and earth. And though men in our day may do their best to defeat you, men in our day may do their best, Lord, to use your name wrongly. They know not what they do. But all we who are believers can find power and refuge and even salvation in your marvelous name. So we love you today. And never think that there are not people who love you and love your precious name because of what you have done and what you will do for us, that lovely name of Jesus. Perhaps you're here in this building today or perhaps you're watching by television or internet or even listening over the radio and you would like Jesus to come into your heart. He is willing. But please realize that when you come and you give your life to him, you give your all as he gave his all for you. Will you receive him into your heart? If so, pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today believing all that the scripture tells me about you, confessing my sin, asking for forgiveness, 
and surrendering my life and all that I have and all that I ever will have to you. And now by faith, I receive the cleansing of the Holy Spirit, taking away all the record of my sin and my mistakes and my errors that I have fallen short of God's glory. Wipe my heart clean and give me a fresh new beginning. And I accept that gift of eternal life by faith in Jesus' name. And it's upon that name that I stand. Amen. As we come to the conclusion of today's program, I want to invite you, if you've not yet done so, to invite God into your life by praying to receive His Son, Jesus Christ, into your heart today. The way we receive God's complete forgiveness is clear according to the Scriptures. First of all, we repent of our sins. Then we tell God our faith, our belief in Jesus Christ as His Son. Thirdly, we commit our lives to Christ as the Savior of our soul. And fourthly, we follow His direction for our personal life as found in the Bible. So if you want to know Jesus in the fullness of His love and forgiveness, pray a prayer like this with me. Just say, Dear God, I know that I have sin in my life, so I come before you in repentance, admitting my sin and seeking your forgiveness. I place my faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, and commit my life to Him as my Lord and Savior. And I pray this by faith. In the name of Jesus, amen. You have been listening to a broadcast of the teaching ministry of There's Hope America and Dr. Richard Lee. If you'd like to know more about the ministry of There's Hope America and its many books, writings and materials that point America back to God, visit us online at thereshope.org. Once again, it's thereshope.org. Or you can call us at 1-800-628-HOPE. That's 1-800-628-HOPE. May God bless you until next time.